2: Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome into the program. Hope you are having a good start to your day. If not, we'll do our best to try to make sure that we change it for you. And I want to start things off this morning by because some of you might not have been listening after the program yesterday. Uh, You know, whether it be you were heading into work or what have you, you might not have had a chance to, to catch up on all the discussion that we had yesterday. But we were talking about this, wind turbine that was being erected in the South End on the shores of Clark. Well, the work was being done, but it was going to be in Clark's Cove. But the the workers were down there on the shores uh, getting ready to start the process of of building this thing. And uh, that conversation carried through to South Coast Now with Chris McCarthy. And Chris talked about it for the entirety of his program until pretty much the last half hour of South Coast Now was when we got the answer for you about exactly what was going on down there. So I just want to catch you up if you didn't get a chance to hear all of that. And we can also have any discussion that you want to have around it. There's details too at WBSM.com and on the app with uh, a little bit more information. But I think that it's, it's actually pretty interesting once you know the truth of what's going on. So what's really happening down there is this turbine that's being put into the water, as, as Tom Kennedy said when he called yesterday, it is a demonstration project. But what that means is that it's, it's really just gathering research. So T-Omega Wind is the company that is behind this. And T-Omega Wind is designing a different type of wind turbine than what is already out there. They are looking for a design that will alleviate some of the problems and concerns that people have with these wind turbines. And I'm going to do my best to explain it, but if, if I don't do a good enough job for you or if you need a little bit more information in the story that we put up, we also have a video from T-Omega Wind I took from their YouTube channel that kind of explains it a little bit better. But what this is, is it is a floating wind turbine. That's what their design is. Their design is for a floating wind turbine that isn't permanently anchored into the bottom of the ocean. That can be moved depending on the direction of the wind. And that can be moved to have minimal impact on other vessels that would be coming through the area and on marine life. So while there is an anchor that holds these down, they're not, it's not permanent. So if there was an issue, you know, one of the concerns people have is what if these things start leaking oil into the ocean? Well, they can just go and take this and pull it out. And then they wouldn't need to dig up anything from the bottom of the ocean to do that. If it proves that in a particular area it's having an environmental impact negatively, then it can be moved. So this is a pretty interesting idea for how to have to how to harness the power of wind energy without having to have some of what people look at as potential drawbacks. In order to know the viability of this, they have to do research. And so what they are launching at Clark's Cove is a scale model, a one sixteenth scale model of one of these floating turbines so that they can measure the impact of the waves and the wind and the force of pressure on the anchors that would hold these floating wind turbines. So they need to gather more data based on the conditions of, you know, New Bedford and they need to, or the, you know, the shores off New Bedford and they need to do that for about 60 days. Make sure I have that number correctly, correct here. I believe it was, yes, 60 days. So, yes, roughly 60 days depending on the weather. So what this is, is this is a model's one sixteenth scale version of those turbines. And if you look at them, they look a little bit different than some of the other ones you've seen. They have more of a four-legged pyramid-style base, and that's part of the design that helps it float. And the model is 27 feet high. 27 feet off the water. So the hub, the the thing that turns the turbine is 27 feet from the surface of the water. And the blades are 12 feet long. So when the blade reaches the topmost point of the turbine, so when when the blade is at 12 o'clock, it's a height of 39 feet. So it shouldn't have any significant impact on anybody's views. It shouldn't have any significant impact on anybody's enjoyment of the water, as much as you may be doing that in December. And it's only going to be out there for about 60 days. Gathering information, gathering data to see the viability of utilizing these type of windmills, these type of wind turbines in the, Waters off our coast. The permitting process, which I know is another area of concern. So I reached out to the city yesterday morning, as I said on the air, tried to find out any information that we could. I was contacted back by Blair Bailey, who is the general counsel for the New Bedford Port Authority. And also Dave Forbes, Who is the project lead on this. But he's also the chief commercial officer for T-Omega Wind. And so I spoke with both of them yesterday. And got more information about what this was all about. And I asked Blair Bailey about the permitting process. And about why there was no public notification of what was going on out there. That they, so this is what they were given. They were given last Monday a 10A temporary mooring permit issued by the New Bedford Port Authority. And as Blair Bailey told me, that is literally the only thing they needed. That's a direct quote. Uh, continuing the quote, it's a temporary mooring and nothing dissimilar to what we issue on a regular basis for vessels all throughout the harbor. So this is no different than if they were putting a temporary boat out there or if you want to stay in the realm of scientific research, if they were putting out some kind of weather weather device or water conditions device, you know, something to test all of those, same idea. That's why there was no need to notify the public or need to notify the Local lawmakers or any of that because that's not this isn't a permanent structure. This is just basically running a study when when mass. puts out those little lines that measure traffic of how many people go over a particular road in a particular amount of time they don't, they don't notify you. they don't have public hearings. They don't reach out to the local legislators to tell them. So that's why nobody did that. But in the spirit of information and and transparency, and at the request of Representative Antonio Cabral, there will be a public hearing, a public meeting, a neighborhood meeting on it, coming up on Thursday at 6 p.m. at the wastewater treatment plant. So if you are down in that area on either side of the Cove, the New Bedford side or the Dartmouth side, and you want more information, T-Omega Wind will be there. The Port Authority will be there. And they'll have more information about what's going on. This is not going to lead to a permanent, at least, you know, from what everybody was saying, this isn't going to turn into a permanent turbine in Clark's Cove. These are designed to be wind turbines that are out deep in the ocean, but again, that are also floating so that they're not permanent structures. And the video that's in the story is, is very interesting. I put two videos in. One one is uh, kind of an overview of T-Omega Wind and, and what their design is all about. And then the other video is an actual test with a slightly smaller scale version of one of these floating windmills. Just so you can see kind of what happens and, and why they're testing it. So in the little test video that I put out there that I shared, it's in like a wave pool designed to test what the effect is of, of the, the water. This is like kind of the next step in that process. So they've had, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? Control type testing. Now they want to put it out there in the wild and see what kind of information they get. So as the way I'm looking at it, this isn't a big deal. And I understand the concern if you live down there with not having any information about it, just because you shouldn't have to be curious and you shouldn't have to wonder what's going on. But at the same time, it wasn't anything I don't think that anybody felt the need to inform anybody about because... It's just a temporary mooring for research purposes. And as New Bedford is becoming known as a hub for offshore wind, this is going to be a place where more data gathering will take place. As much as you're going to have people coming in for that industry, people who are going to build the components for offshore wind, people who are going to, transport those components. Companies that are going to oversee that process, companies that are going to oversee the wind farms themselves. As all of those folks come in with commercial interest in offshore wind, people who are going to work in the in the industry, as much as you're going to get that commercial interest, you're also going to get the research and scientific interest as well. For, for a number of reasons. Obviously, T-Omega Wind is a company that is designing wind turbines. So they have a reason to be for wind and to figure out how to make it work in a new way. You may also get people that come in to research whatever negative effects there may be. What was interesting and, and a little bit confusing too was, you know, yesterday when, when Tom called in about it, I had brought up, well, there is a Standard Times article here about. Some research that's being done, but it it says here that it's not expected to start until next year, that they're still identifying the third community. Like, it it can't be possible that they're jumping the gun and just decided to go out today instead of waiting until, I believe it was January, that they were planning on starting. And I remember that the the name of the person was Dave or David that was quoted in that story. And then this person's name was Dave that I was speaking to. So I was like, wait, hold on. This is not the same project as what the Standard Times is reporting. And he said, I'm not familiar with that story. And then when I explained what the story was about, he said, no, no, that's not us. So there's two different research projects going on. One with a commercial interest, one with a, what was the the energy justice focus. But there you have it. You've already got two different research projects going on down here, and you're probably going to see more. So this will be, again, 60 days, thereabouts, roughly depending on the weather, if they can get enough of the data they need over those 60 days. If not, you know, maybe... I don't know, 65, I'm just guessing. They didn't give me an exact number of how long it might stay, but it's not going to be very much longer than that. And then they'll move on. They'll pull that temporary floating wind turbine out of the water and maybe bring it somewhere else to another location and and test the waters there. Or they'll have the data that they need. One very important point that Dave Forbes made this wind turbine, this model is not connected to the grid in any way. It is not sending electricity back to the mainland. It is taking that wind in and and using he said he was turning that into water or you know using that wind power to generate water through a hose. That's basically what it's doing. And that's how they're measuring it. So it's not even connected to anything. There's no permanency to this at all. It's just connected to the anchor, which he made a point to to point out is overweighted. This is a fifteen hundred pound structure made of aluminum and fiberglass. And the anchor that they are using for it is rated for a forty foot plus boat that weighs up to thirty five thousand pounds. So it's more than twice what they need to be able to anchor this, the weight of this model. So you don't have to worry about it going off anywhere. So I hope that gives you some some information and some insight. If you want to know more, you can check out the story at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Watch those videos. And you may find if you're somebody that has concerns about wind energy that maybe this design of a wind turbine is a little bit more palatable for you. Maybe it alleviates some of the concerns that you have about the permanency of these structures, about any danger you think that there might be to having them out there if they break down. Now, that's not to say that T-Omega Wind is utilizing these in the wind farm that's being built off Martha's Vineyard no that's as we've seen the components for that's not what the, what's being put out there but future wind farms could have this design or something similar 508-996-0500 you can also hit me up on app chat on the wbsm app or open line voicemails right now though i'm going to take my first break of the morning and we'll be back in a few moments um. Who it can be now It's going to be Ariel Dorsey In the newsroom In just a moment But uh, if you want to Call in and chime in After that 508-996-0500 You can also Use the app chat And open line Voicemail options On the WBSM app Which if you haven't Downloaded already You can do so By going to your App store Wherever you get Your apps from And just typing in WBSM Or you can go to Our website And get it from Our listen link There's an option there to download the app and it'll send it right to your phone. The app is totally free and it is brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. But right now it is time to go into the newsroom and get all the top stories of the day from Ariel Dorsey.
1: NATO Secretary General warns there could be bad news coming out of Ukraine. Jens Stoltenberg said in an interview with German broadcaster Ard that Ukraine's small wins are important in ending Russia's war. The, firm, the former U.S. ambassador to Bolivia is being charged with acting as a secret foreign agent of Cuba. Attorney General Merrick Garland says 73-year-old Manuel Roca secretly supported the Republic of Cuba and its clandestine intelligence gathering mission against the United States by serving as a cover agent of Cuba's intelligence services. The Republican National Committee has announced who will be taking part in the fourth GOP debate on Wednesday. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy are set to take the stage in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for the event. The two-hour debate will take place Wednesday night on News Nation. Several police officers are recovering from minor injuries after an Arlington, Virginia home exploded and caught on fire. The Arlington Police Department says they were notified about a man firing a flare gun at the home Monday afternoon. Officers were trying to serve a search warrant. A George Santos movie is in the works after the New Yorker's historic expulsion from Congress. HBO has bought the rights to a new book about the one time Long Island congressman. It's called The Fabulous, the lying, hustling, grifting, stealing and very American legend of George Santos. Taylor Swift and Barbie are on the shortlist for the, for Time Magazine's 2023 Person of the Year. The publication unveiled the final list of candidates for the honor on Monday. Others on the list include Hollywood strikers, Chinese President Xi Jinping, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, and prosecutors of former President Trump. The Powerball jackpot continues to grow after no grand prize winner in Monday's drawing. That means Wednesday's drawing will be worth at least $435 million at Ahead of that comes Tuesday's Mega Millions drawing, with anyone picking the lucky numbers set to take home $377 million. In sports, the Pacers are moving on to the next round of the NBA in-season tournament after taking down the Celtics' 122-112 at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Jason Tatum led all scorers with 32 points. Jalen Brown came within one rebound of recording a double-double after scoring 30 points. The Celtics' next game is Friday at TD Garden. Five players were listed as absent on the Patriots' first injury report of this week. Kejon Boo, DeMario Douglas, Ramondre Stevenson, Sean Wade, and Dietrich Wise Jr. did not participate. New England will visit the Pittsburgh Steelers for Thursday night's football. And after coming from behind to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, Boston is hosting a division rival. The Bruins take on the Buffalo Sabres at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6
2: going to start off today with tons of sunshine but as we move through the day we're going to see clouds build in. Look for highs that'll top out near 41. For tonight during the overnight we have a slight chance of developing
0: snow showers after midnight with little to no accumulation. Your low will drop into the 20s. And
2: for Wednesday we may start off again with some leftover snow showers or snow flurries but again no accumulation. Your high Wednesday will be near 30. Be sure to watch ABC6
1: for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Kelly Bates on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. 508-996-0500
2: Let's go to the phones Good morning, you're first on WBSM Hey, Tim How you doing?
0: What's going on?
2: Not much, what's on your mind?
0: Oh, quite a lot, actually Uh, First, you know who I haven't heard from? John, I hope he's right. I hope he's doing good
2: Yeah, I'm sure sure he's good Maybe maybe he's on vacation or something, it's that time of year People gotta use up their vacation days
0: Yeah, that's true, that's true Um, So I'm not sure what you were talking about uh, prior to when I got into the car and turned you on, Um, but I I got to thinking last night, you talking about the the windmill that was supposed to be going up in Clark's Cove, got me thinking about like climate change and yada, yada, yada. So I did some quick research from the National Hurricane Center in the Atlantic Basin, and I wanted to see how much of an increase climate change has had on major hurricanes mm-hmm. and it turns out since 1851 there's only been an increase of an average of one and a half per year the biggest explosion of major hurricanes has been since 1995 before then we averaged between one and two every year since 1851 until now so we've had this discussion before my belief on on climate change kind of hasn't changed i i I definitely believe it's real i definitely believe that man's action has caused it to amplify i think it's a natural occurrence but our co2 um blanket that goes over the ozone layer or whatever in the atmosphere has amplified it to increase a little bit but i think politicians have used it for political gain and political power and and and, and definitely exaggerated. it. I don't think we're in eminent danger within uh, the coming 50 to a hundred years. I don't think we're going to be underwater just because of the fact that when I look at the past from 1851 and now, which you're you're talking 150 years, over a hundred, almost 150 years Uh, or no over 150 years, my math is terrible. Um, we've only seen like uh, an increase in, in major climate events by one and a half, which I find very interesting. It, you would think that if this is, we're in imminent danger, we would, ha- we would be having like major hurricanes every year. And it would be on a multiple of what we had back in, in the 1900s.
2: Well, I think there, there's some other factors that have to be looked at. Like, you know, what are the intensity of these hurricanes? What's the damage well, that they've major, caused? It, um, well, no, it, and it, it's, to me,
0: I think it's it's a major hurricane, so it's a category three or above, mm-hmm. and made and any damage. I really don't care. The damage I don't care about. It's it's the frequency because a major hurricane could not touch land and not cause any damage, but it still occurred. You know what I'm saying? So it, just because it didn't hit Louisiana, Texas, or Florida, doesn't mean it wasn't a major hurricane. It was still a major hurricane. It was still you know 150 mile an hour wind. It was still a big dangerous hurricane. And if it did hit land, it would call, probably cause major damage. So I think really what's happening here is one, it's being expedited by or amplified by politicians who are in bed with your insurance companies who need an excuse to jack up your rates. Now, Barry was talking about that yesterday in regards to insurance rates on homes. If you want to increase your insurance rates by an exorbitant amount of money, you need an excuse. And what better excuse for a homeowner, uh, a home insurance policy than to say, well, climate change. Well, we're, we're having a major uptick in climate, in, in climate change and major hurricanes. We need to jack up your rates. And when you look at the data, it really doesn't happen that much. You know, your major hurricanes aren't amplified as, as much. So I think it's, it's a combination of your, your politicians being in bed with insurance agencies and the insurance agencies wanted to, to get rich quick.
2: I I mean, I think you're right. I'm sure that that's a factor of it. But there's also been, you know, increases in other types of storms, at least from what they've been telling us. It's not just about the the major events, but it's about having more significant storms and more fluctuations in weather.
0: Sure. I mean, um, that's why I'm saying, like, I believe that, like, obviously climate change is real, but I don't think it's been I think it's being exaggerated And, and how they gauge the intensity of climate change is the intensity of storms. So that's why I want to focus on the major hurricane part. So hurricanes may occur more on the lower side, tropical storms and, um, and you know, your category ones and twos. But your, your three through fives, your major intense hurricanes haven't really amplified that much. And I find that very interesting, especially in light of what's going on in, in, in Qatar right now with the, with the climate activists over there and all the, all the politicians, including John Kerry and Greta Thunberg and all that. And and I, I think, unfortunately, I think she's being used as a tool also. I mean, she's just a, a mouthpiece for the climate change thing. But I don't know, Tim. When, when I look at my insurance bill, I, the other thing in regards to the insurance, because this is something that Barry was talking about, you have an insurance policy. And they say, with the exception of hurricanes, we're going to cover you. You know, if, if you're flooded, you've got to get a separate insurance policy. If, you're, if, if it's a hurricane or if it's a named storm, notice how they changed um, your insurance policies in the past where, where it used to be, you know, we won't cover hurricane damage. If it's caused by a hurricane and we won't cover it, if it's caused by a major wind area, we're going to charge you more. If, we, you know, if you live in a major wind area, we're going to charge you more. There's a, there's a premium on top of your insurance policy. If you live in a hurricane area, there's going to be a premium on top of that. It used to be just hurricanes. Now it's named storms. And now they're naming your winter storms. Yeah. Which I find very, very interesting. This is another way for the insurance companies, which insurance is such a scam in general, um, to, to just, you know, rake us over the coals and get more money. We're not being covered. We're, 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 we're being charged. Uh, we pay our premiums. But if you live in this certain area this whole climate change thing, you're going to have to pay a premium on top of it. And I think it's, and it's obviously, it's not really that bad of a, you know, big of a deal. We're not going to be underwater in the next hundred years. And we're not getting as many hurricanes as we we used to, you know, when you look at the actual data by the national hurricane center.
2: And I I Uh, think, I think it was Chris Rock 25 years ago that was, you know, making the same points about insurance and, you know, saying, I don't even know why they call it insurance. They ought to just call it in case crap happens.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. In case crap happens. Yeah, exactly. You know, with, for me, I think, especially with like health insurance, one of the best, one of the best things I think they could do, or the best thing that Obamacare did is decouple your health insurance from your employer. You're able, if you don't like your employer's health insurance, you can go onto the marketplace and, and get your health insurance, you know, and, and transport it from job to job to job. It's kind of like a 401k plan that can roll over. That's one of the best things that Obamacare has ever done, um, because the worst thing that happened is, is when you coupled it up. And I think, in, in general, health insurance, we should have the ability just to cover your 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 catastrophic care. You break a leg, you get debilitating disease, all that type of stuff. But for your everyday care, your your annual checkups, your lab work, I should be able to walk into a doctor's office and pay cash and be able to shop the market and by by creating the power of the dollar to the doctor, be like, you know, I go to Hawthorne and they're going to charge me for my annual. It's going to be a hundred bucks. I'll be like, well, if I go to South coast, they're going to charge me 75. So you know what? I'm going over there instead. I think that's how, that's what we should be doing and gearing toward. We should be getting rid of health insurance except with the exception of catastrophic care. I think that would be the best thing. You, we need to, eliminate the power of the insurance companies because they're just in they're almost as bad as as the government in every aspect of our life
2: all right well i'll hold you there thank you for the call all right Sam, you care. have a great day and right um i mean listen health insurance has a lot of issues um i can tell you as somebody who's you know had to utilize it quite a bit this year with my uh, my unexpected surgery and all of that you know, I'm starting to see the other side of it when people complain before I was just paying my monthly premium and then whatever my copay was for my checkups didn't have any real issues except for some medications. And I was like, this is fine. But now, you know, seeing the copays that I have to pay and getting the bill for the surgery for what I have to pay for it. I, I understand why it's, it's such a, a struggle for people that, that have more issues. I do have to take a break caller. Hang on. I will take you as soon as we get back, but we'll be back in just a few moments. And you know it never fails when you have a caller on hold And you have to take a break They always hang up right before the break is about to end But if you want to call back in 508-996-0500 We did get an app chat message From Jeff in Fall River We were talking about the Wind turbine that people Were concerned about yesterday That was being erected in Clark's Cove And as uh, as I was talking about before And as you can read about at WBSM.com And on the app it's uh, It's actually just a research model that's being utilized to uh, check out how the wind and waves will affect this new prototype of a floating wind turbine. So rather than being permanently anchored, it would be floating and it could be moved. It could, and it will move. It'll move to where the direction of the wind is. It will also move for marine traffic it will also move and can be relocated. Uh, it is. It's. It's pretty interesting when you look at the video that's in the story and you see exactly what the plan is. Uh, so Jeff in Fall River sent an Snapchat message saying, "Good morning, Tim. I am not totally sold on wind farm energy, but I do see that this floating wind turbine is more environmentally friendly without disturbing the ocean floor and the sea life around it. And that's you know you're getting a small anchor, a small platform for these." Turbines to be floating on, rather than being uh, something that is drilled into the ocean floor. The platform that this demonstration model is on is 19 feet by 19 feet, so that's a pretty good size. But it's also this this turbine is at one sixteenth scale of what would actually be out there in the water. This is only. At its highest point when the when the twelve foot blade is is at its highest at twelve o'clock, we're talking about thirty seven feet or thirty thirty nine feet thirty nine feet tall, and that's requiring a nineteen foot by nineteen foot platform. So when you get these you know scale that up to the full size one still, you know having a floating platform with an anchor attached to it is a lot easier on the environment than having a permanently drilled into the ground pillar mast. So it's it's a pretty interesting idea and that's what this windmill is being placed down there for. This wind turbine is this model is to uh, see how the wind and waves will affect it here in our Waters off New Bedford. So it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm planning on trying to get down there and just check it out, take a look at it out there in the water. And I'm excited to see what they find out, honestly, because I, I like this idea. I like this model. So, again, you can read more about that at WBSM.com or on the WBSM app. Speaking of wind... If you can hear the wind howling at night and you can feel it coming into your home, well, you've probably got something wrong with your windows or your doors or maybe even your roof. And Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford can help you with all of those. You already know that they can come in and replace all of your windows. They can replace one window. They can replace just one pane of glass. Whatever it is that you may need to shore up your windows heading into the winter. And you know that they can replace all of your entryway doors or add new weather stripping or anything else that you may need to keep the breeze from coming in and keep the chill from coming in around your doorways. But they also can replace your roof. If you call them, if you go online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com and fill out the form, if you stop by their showroom at 1111 of Cushion Avenue, whatever way you choose to get in touch with them, if you ask them to, they will come out to your home, they will take a look at your roof, and they will give you A free no-obligation estimate. Now, how do you know that you might need a new roof? Well, again, if you're feeling those drafty spots, if you are noticing condensation building up or leaks happening, if you look outside at your roof and you notice some shingles are missing or separating or fading, or you know what? If it's just been 20 years since you've had your roof replaced, it's probably time to get it checked out. And Precision Window and Kitchen can come down, they can check it out, and if they replace it, they will get it done quickly, effectively, and, of course, with Precision. So, again, go online, precisionwindowandkitchen.com, or visit them in their showroom at 1111 at Cushion Avenue. And you'll be very impressed with the work that they do and the dedication they have to it. And they will make sure that they get you all shored up and ready to go, whether it be windows, doors, or even a roof, before that winter weather sets in. All right, i got to take one final break of the hour. We'll be right back. (laughs) All right, we are just about out of time for this hour. Coming up in the next hour, more with you, 508-996-0500 or via app chat or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And...